Hey guys, this is Jay, creator of Simon from Prozac. And this is James, creator of Milo. And you guys are listening to music from A to Z. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Music A to Z podcast. I'm Steve Ferguson. And I am Douglas Ferguson. How's it going, Doug? Pretty good. I'm uh, moving this weekend. So, uh, you know, for moving so soon, I'm doing pretty well. Because usually when I'm moving, it is, you know, uh, against my will. You know, it keeps pulling me out, kicking and screaming because I hate moving so much. But this time it is, it is sort of... I don't know. We're, we're we're kind of we're able to pace it a little bit, and so it's not all like one day where it's like there's a mountain of boxes and ah. So yeah, it's it's nice. It's nice. It's, it's it's as far as moves go, it's pretty chill. Pretty chill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have had a hell of a time getting back together due to various reasons. Reason number one, as I think I might have mentioned on the last episode, my computer's been dead, uh, and we only yes. like a couple days ago got a new computer and backblaze. The service I use that backs up my data that one day hopefully I'll get a sponsorship from, uh, $5 a month, folks. They they even keep track for me. They're like, hey, it's been 310 days since you backed up your computer. Are you okay? <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not okay yet. <laughs> Please hold on to my data. Well, it's nice to know that they, like, maybe if you don't answer, they assume that you've been kidnapped and send someone to go looking for you. Well, obviously. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the whole. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I am actually now in the process of downloading or, or restoring my data and i got uh i got audacity is one of the first programs i installed so that i could get all this working again and all yeah. this all this nonsense going and uh no it's been good and on top of that uh doug you've been a busy boy i've been a very busy busy boy i just uh watched your most recent uh repro review show oh the uh covid19 episode yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not yes. not so called because of the pandemic, but so called because of the game. The game is is a uh, is a hack of Route sixteen that changes the assets to uh, COVID nineteen related pandemic y things. It it was it was a silly little game. It was as such the review was pretty short too. But uh, you know, it was nice to get it out there. Yeah, it's been it's been a slow season for the channel. Actually, it's a little a little disheartening, but. But you know what? I've got a, I've got a little, I got a little uh, weapon in my pocket. It because uh, it's been a while. Now we're reviewing or uh, we're doing Ali hasn't the Lion King one and a half, and our Lion King episodes mm. always do very well. So oh. um, yeah. So uh, there's been a lot of requests for Lion King one and a half, which I've never seen before, nor has Ali. Uh, so it's actually really more like Ali and Doug have not seen, um, but now we have. <laughs> I, I hope the Lion King fans will forgive us for what we have to say. <laughs> but, but, oh, whoa. Well, you know, no, I mean, not, we weren't we weren't harsh, but but like, you know, we're going to have to get real with people and be like, hey, like this is clearly made for small children. <laughs> 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 so anyway, let's get into a couple of things. Uh, first of all, um, mm-hmm. this would be under music news, but I'm not going to include it as such. But the Junos are this weekend. Oh, good. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I actually want to take advantage of the opportunity to, to say uh, hello and welcome to all the new listeners. I have noticed ever since my radio show, Prog Rock Alley, has gone into primetime, the traffic to the Facebook page for Music A to Z has increased. Was that right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I included the end uh, of the show um, to say, you know, you know, if uh, if you want to hear... You more check out my other works, Music A to Z podcast. So, uh, yes, no, the the traffic has increased. So I'm hoping that a lot of people got into Papadozio as much as uh, as much as we are, just yeah, through yeah. the show and through the podcast, because that would be nifty. Because they're awesome. Yeah, Likewise, yeah. Gee, in fact, I think they owe us some merch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yours are shout out in your next album. Yeah. Right. They they could devote an album entirely to us, and just squeeze it into yeah, their Bandcamp page. Yeah, do it. Yeah, come on. Yeah, why not just like you know, throw a little album out there called Doug and Steve Ferguson on the Music A to Z podcast, <laughs> and people will be like, "What a strange title for a record," but I think I like it. <laughs> <laughs> that's all, that's no, no, no. I'm I'm done with this. I'm done with that. 
Anyways, uh, yeah, so basically, let's uh, let's take a quick step over with Prog Rock Alley, my radio show. I have been actually getting mm-hmm. requests from various bands for inclusion in the Ooh. show. You know, who they'll reach out to me and they'll say, hey, look, we're a prog rock band from, you know, XYZ. And uh, we were hoping you could include us in your show. And anytime I get a request, I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, definitely. Please. Thank you. Thank you for suggesting songs that I can play. I mean, I'm, I'm totally, totally in favor of that. And uh, back in March, I want to say, uh, no, it was earlier than that. It was actually it was New Year. It was New Year's Eve. From Savona, Italy. Oh my! Uh, I got a request to play a song from this band that we're covering today, and I said, "Hey, yeah, absolutely." And I included included a song by them, and then I said, "Well, you know what, you guys, your band starts with Q, and Q bands are in short supply. So if it's cool, I'd like to do my brother and I do a podcast. I'd like to include your band. Uh, is that okay by you guys?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, absolutely." Not to bury the lead too much. Doug, who are we covering this time? Well, I hope I... I mean, just like with anything that we are covering today, I hope I say it right. But I believe it's Kirsch. I like how you put the little accent on it. Uh, it could be Kirsch. 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 Well, uh, yeah, I'm trying. I don't. Kirsch, I'm not very Kirsch. great. I'm not very good at my Italian accents. I do. I have a lot of accents in my in my uh, <laughs> in my roster, but not the best with Italian. Unless it's like really like cartoony, like Super Mario. But I don't know how like indicative. <laughs> oh. But I don't know how indicative that is of an actual Italian accent. I feel like probably not really. Um. Especially because, like, um, there's different regions in Italy, too, right? Oh, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I, I they just never really covered it. I took an accents class for my voiceover stuff. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like they were teaching specific accents. It was more like we would pick an accent and the teacher just happened to, like, know all of them. And then we then we would work on that accent that we wanted to try. And that was kind of how it worked. And, and I just didn't really try Italian. So, you know, no, I, there's, there's only so many. I, could, I got Russian and French down pretty good. <laughs> so, so there's that. But, um, yeah, I, I kept seeing this band's name and, and part of me wanted to call them Quiche. Quiche, yeah, I just, yeah. I just, yeah, Quiche. I was just like, mm, a good, good ham Quiche. Mm, so good. Delicioso. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> anyways, I had I had reached out to Kirsch uh, and their lead singer, Daniel Olia. And I had said, oh, hey, yeah, I see that you guys have three albums, but I can't see the, uh, well, I said the third one, although technically it was the first one. And he got back to me and he said, oh, yeah, it was actually a cassette uh, recording made in 97, but I can send you the files via WeTransfer. And I was like, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so I felt like we were getting, I felt like we were getting something kind of like, you know, like exclusive. You know? Yeah, which was, which like was super nice. club now. Which is super nice, and, and Lord knows I don't I don't really like having to you know gloss over you know past work just because of missing medium or anything like that. Yeah, I think we have had to before. I can't think of what specifically, but I feel like there are times where we're like, yeah, we couldn't really find it. Right, Brave Station, 
Brave Station was one where we we could not find that first EP. Also, uh, early Flaming Lips and early Newsboys, we didn't do as much due diligence in checking up on their stuff as we could have. Yeah, actually, yeah, that was, but that was an us problem at the time because it was so early. That was that was absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, Kirsch, I could tell you they're from Savona, Italy, which is in the northwest of Italy, and that they formed in approximately December 1992. Uh, they have a fantastic bio on their website, uh, although it it's does actually. Thorough. Yeah, it's very thorough, but it doesn't actually go that far. OK, they say their present time is 2014 and up, and that's about the best you're going to get. It doesn't really mention any of their newest stuff, but for their early stuff. It's it's great. So uh, check out down in the show notes. I do have their website linked in there. And uh, and you know what? I'll be honest. It's actually it's funny. It's legitimately they've, they've got a really good sense of humor about themselves. And it, it's really funny. They were a bunch of young, young kids in 92. Oh, teenagers. yeah. The earliest band photo. They were they look like. Yeah, they look like just children. Yeah. And I guess they kind of were. So, yeah. Yeah. All bright-eyed and optimistic. <laughs> they're, they're all ready to play. Uh, I know they have a core <laughs> core five members, but they um, they seem to have more members. So please forgive me if, if I've missed someone. The core members uh, have been Daniel Olia on guitar, keyboards, and vocals. Uh, Michelle Torello on guitar. Guys, I'm so sorry about this pronunciation. Uh, Marco Fazio on drums. Although, interesting, the uh, it says uh, Batteria. Or bateria, um, in Italian, and I plugged that in the translator. Just said battery, so I, I like to think that he was just like, you know, playing with batteries. But no, I mean it's drums. Andrea Torello Tur- is bass and vocals, and uh, I guess it's maybe six. Pascal Aricio, keyboards and vocals. Then I I see at some point there was Leonardo DiGilio, and I think he was fairly early on uh, for keys and, and accordion. And you hear the accordion come in. Occasionally, and uh, Giolio, Giolio, Mando, uh, also on percussion. Um, but yeah, they seem to slim down to a five and six, a five or six ensemble. Then they seem to bulk back up. So I feel like uh, there's a there's a couple people. Who... Yeah, right now, right now their Bandcamp page. Has yeah, well, that's just seven. it, right? So I think they they brought on a. Um... Bandcamp doesn't have who is is part of them. Like, who is there right now? No. No, it doesn't have any names. But that's kind of it in a nutshell. One of the guys looks in the Bandcamp photo looks conspicuously young compared to the other guys, too. I think he'd be like, I'm like, is that one of your kids? (laughs) It could be. You know, maybe, you know, passing down the the torch, the the, the family business. (laughs) So they were kind of noodling around on instruments for a couple years. Then comes September 1994, a very formative year when a few of them went to go see Pink Floyd. And if that was if that was 1994, then that means Pink Floyd was touring for... The Division Bell. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, that would have been fantastic. That would have been really Oh, cool. yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. Because I don't know, like, I, I don't even know, was, was did Pink Floyd even tour after that? Or was it just, like, David Gilmour probably playing Pink Floyd songs and... Bringing Roger some of the guys Waters along occasionally. Songs. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. At that point, um, this is interesting. They have a relationship, uh, a sort of, a, I guess, a hero worship of Pink Floyd. They compare themselves a lot to Pink Floyd. They really look up to Pink Floyd. They have almost an obsession with Pink Floyd's music. Uh-huh. Yet, I will say, and I'll, I'll probably say it again a little later in the podcast, I will say they're not restrained by Pink Floyd. These guys don't just sound like Pink Floyd and that's it. Uh, there is legitimately so much more to their music, um, but... They will freely admit that they adore the Floyd. As many do. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't. I know very few people who say, "Oh, I hate Pink Floyd." <laughs> some, some people, I'm like, yeah, you know, I I've heard their stuff. I, I like that "Brick in the Wall" song, but if you know it, you tend to like it. Exactly, Mundo. They continue to do a little more uh, touring. Uh, you know, play small gigs. I don't want. I don't want to make it sound like they were. You know, going around and hitting major venues and. Seville or whatever, but uh, in January of 97, they were noticed by Fabio Caprile, uh, who ran an indie label, the Edizioni Musicali Bottega Dart, which I'm pretty sure is the Bottega Art and Music Edition. Something along those lines. But anyways, mm-hmm. the I'm mess- going to say, 
your your accents, uh, your your Canadian accents in that is probably thick. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll let these poor guys know right now that Doug and I are actually part Italian. That's the thing is that we have a very strong yeah. uh, Sicilian heritage. Uh, so yeah, I, but it's a few terrible. generations back. It, it, it's not that many actually, generations. It's not that back, many. Though. It's not no. that many back though, right? Uh, because it's, it's basically well, like our paternal grandmother, you know. Um, our paternal grandmother's family, man. Fair enough. Yeah, so I, I do I do have to apologize previously now, but uh, anyways. So with the help of this label, they took a bunch of songs that they had been kind of kicking around and uh, were able to finally put together and give a good polish and release in 1997 with Una Citia Per Nui, uh, which is translates to A City for Us. This was the one that was sent to us. Um, I will say from the get-go, I'm not a huge fan of the cover art you guys had going on there. It's like fire that is the spiral effects from Photoshop that has been done. Um, now, that being said, this is the late 90s, and you guys were probably really, really young and stuff. But I, I will say... Honestly, the music I feel is good enough to be re-released, and if you do re-release it, may I suggest new cover art? <laughs> it's not the easiest to read. Uh, it is. It does look a little cheap, but at the same time, it also was you know an indie band in the '90s. So you know you guys yeah, gotta have yeah. some uh, some grace on uh, that side of things. But, well, how many uh, bands yeah, though, like re-release re-release their stuff and uh do new cover oh, arts yeah, though right yeah. it does happen so yeah i mean feel, feel free uh yeah yeah i think it wouldn't hurt it wouldn't hurt to release it again you can even I, I mean i don't know if if uh it's something like they could remaster or anything or even if they need to that i'm not sure about i mean just i mean let's let's do then a quick word about remastering uh for projects like this uh or even specifically this album um, yeah, sometimes it sounds a bit on the raw side, but with the kind of music that this is, um, honestly, I was listening to it with my, with my headphones and stuff like that. I think it's fine. I think, yeah, if you want to tinker with it, by all means, go ahead. But I don't think they need to, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't sound like really, really rough and scratchy or anything like that. It sounds pretty good. That's true. It's true. Yeah. But then okay. again, I mean, yeah. like that being said, it was my band. I mean, maybe I'd be like, oh, if I could redo it, I might want to do well, this. Well, yeah, see, that's the thing instead. is that it's, so, you know, when you're an artist, uh, you, you're always going to be super critical of your early work. Like, you're like, oh, it's just, oh, I don't, uh, this, I mean, uh, the fact that they, this has not been released and then, you know, they obviously have the digital files implies to me that maybe they're, they're not feeling super secure about it, but, you know, but. Or maybe, or maybe they feel like it was definitely like something for that place in time. I don't know. Sure. Hey, you know, Washed Out, he uh, remastered uh, High Times. High Times was a cassette-only release. And it was, uh, sure, it, yeah. thank God it was on YouTube. But, uh, you know, he, he remastered it and uh, added some bonus tracks and, and put out a, a digital release and vinyl release. Hey, guys, the option, the option mm-hmm. honestly, the options. Uh, I accidentally, uh, accidentally bought that vinyl twice. You bought High Times twice? Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, because I, I ordered it, uh, and then there was some problem with the order, and then I was like, okay, well, let me try something else then, and I, I went and I got it through uh, Audio Pile on Commercial Drive, um, <laughs> and then my order came in. <laughs> and so, <laughs> I'm like, oh, there it is. <laughs> so, I, I just... Yeah, if I was just if I just waited like a little longer before going out to get it again, and then what I was gonna do is I was gonna give that uh, to you for like Christmas or something because I'm like okay, well I have two, I'll give one to Steve, and then I asked you if you had it and you already did. I'm like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> oh yeah, I, so I, I mean I've loved high, I've loved High Times for a long time. As soon as as it was available, I skipped it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, this isn't W is for washed out. We already did. No, that. we've already we've already done that. Check the show notes, folks. We have yeah. done W is for washed out. And hey, Kirsch, you guys want to take a gander? Um, actually, I think uh, honestly, the story behind washed out is super fascinating and kind of awesome. Uh, but yeah, Doug, tell me what you think of a city for us. I gotta tell you, Steve, I put it together some very thorough notes, Uh-oh. so uh, you better buckle up. Because yeah. I'm going to get real thorough here with you. 
Okay. So goblins. It starts with goblins, which I, I like that, you know, they, they kind of soften the blow of how bad I'm going to mispronounce everything by giving yep. me an easy one <laughs> to start off with. <laughs> so thank you for that, guys. <laughs> so goblins, uh, actually one of my first notes, this is before I knew that they were like super in love with Pink Floyd. I did say it has a very Pink Floydy vibe. Um, something off the wall or maybe wish you were here, uh, that kind of era of Pink Floyd. So lots of synth and guitar noodling, uh, before they even think about vocals. So like, I think that's one of the things that, uh, made me think of wish you were here was the fact that like shine on crazy diamond has so much instrumental space before mm. the vocals even come in at all. And that's same with goblins. Um, just, you know, they, they, you don't even know if it's going to be a vocal song or not. Then suddenly, like, X amount of minutes in, it's like, oh, okay, well, there we go. Now it is. Um, then um, you start to see some of the album's problems pop up in Cosa uh, Vio Dame. I'm guessing. I hope I said that right. Um, with, oh, wait, with wait. Mixing. Which one? Which one? Uh, the second second track. Cosa Voy Dame. Or is it Dami? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's called What Do You Want Because I would say me. me. What, what do you want? Okay, so maybe it is just me. Ah, no, again, no, I, I don't... No, I don't. yeah, no, it's called What Do You Want From Me. Yeah. Okay. But, the, but so yeah, the, the pro- one of the issues is the mixing. And and this is actually a pretty common problem, I find, in a lot of indie, indie records, is that uh, specifically with vocals, vocals are hard to mix into the music for some reason. and Because yes. you see it all the time. Um, and here they just don't quite fit um they they almost like overwhelm the mix and uh yeah i mean other than that the song is fine like i i actually i actually like it i think it's an okay song but um but yeah this is just going to be sort of a unfortunately a common theme uh with with this album le ultima terra yeah le ultima terra yeah there are some synth sounds that remind me of bowie's um sense of doubt song mm. uh from i think what that's yeah the latter half of heroes but yeah there's just mm-hmm. some sense that really like take me back to that um but this song is much faster so it's not as contemplative um it really finds a stride in the three-ish minute mark and it's as if i would that the, the point where it gets into its instrumental noodling that's kind of like when it really finds a stride um there are some strange shrill noises in the background, uh, and I'm not sure if that's good or bad for me or not. A, a, la, luz, a la Luz de Sol, I'm going to say. Yeah, <laughs> A La Luz de Sol is one of the best tracks. Uh, very atmospheric and almost psychedelic. Um, mm. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Notizi du la Cita is the longest track but not one i'm especially fond of it has cool moments like the instrumental bridge and the finale is really good but the vocal melody just doesn't really do it for me so yeah um malta and psycho are really good closers i find together is sort of like the one-two punch uh more moody and experimental and uh, some of the album's finest moments in my opinion Yes. Those are my thoughts. Uh, yes. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned Floyd, uh, because truthfully, I felt a la Luce del Sol. I feel like that one, especially the second half, is the most Pink Floyd. Truthfully, I felt that the opening track Goblins and the closing track Psycho uh, both reminded me of early Genesis. Like, mm, like very much okay. the, P- the Peter Gabriel Genesis. So I thought, oh, it's interesting that they got these, these bookends that are Genesis. Um, occasionally you get this instrumentation that reminds me uh, of Kraftwerk, uh, just in the way that the synths are. And Okay, so here's here's my thing with the synths, uh, especially in this mm-hmm. album, but occasionally in the other albums. Um, there are two ways the synths are approached. Number one, sort of this experimental Kraftwerk stuff. Number two, really cheesy New Age um the the pan pipe setting and and all that that they do in Alaluce del Sol and Lotima Terra and Malta um they they have this this uh very very dated sound effect to them which is a shame because and especially with uh, Lotima Terra the guitar work 
is so awesome. It's so good that at times you're listening to it and you feel like there's a battle going on between the guitar and the keys and who is trying to uh, who is trying to take prominence. And the uh, and I, I feel like neither can be dispensed with. We need both. But I feel like the the guitar playing really is, should be the focus and that the the keys need to take a step back a little in those songs, those three songs in particular. Find a different setting. Don't don't do the I mean, I, I get it. This was the late 90s, but um, that that pan flute sound uh, that the new agey thing. Uh, I mean, I think I mentioned this with the Alan Parsons episode when they did it in the time machine. Uh, I truthfully, I hate it. <laughs> I think it just sounds, okay. sounds too, che- it's yeah, too cheesy yeah. for me. Um, but um, a- actually interesting. Uh, Notizi della Cita, uh, News from the City is actually one of my favorite tracks on the album. I actually really, really like it. Per Ooh. Adesso Andiamo, uh, which is uh, quite deep in the second half, uh, has a very strong post-rock vibe. I, I was feeling a little bit of XTC and, and some of their some of their contemporaries. Uh, but then I will say hands down the best track on the album is Psycho. I think it's phenomenal. But if I were to sum up this album as a whole, um, yeah, I, I do agree. I do hear some, some mixing issues, but... Um, on the whole, I really think this album works. I think it is it is really good, especially for the age that these guys were at. Yep, they had definitely been they had definitely been working really hard since their formation at at really working their craft and really trying to to pull it together. Um, and I think for a debut album, especially for this kind of music, I mean, like, what are we looking at here? Eight and a half minute songs. Uh, and uh, and mm-hmm. these types of movements and stuff. I mean, this is an achievement. This is this is something to be legitimately really proud of. Which is why I said, hey guys, uh, think about doing a re-release. You know, if you if you want to remaster some parts of it, I mean, by all means, go ahead. Uh, do I think it needs an overhaul? No. There's no reason you couldn't just slap the files up on Bandcamp and you know maybe put you know have it like as a pay what you will, and some people might toss you some money for it. Couldn't hurt. I would. Pro- I. I probably. I probably. I mean, I have it now. But yeah, we don't. We don't need to now. But yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. Anyways. <laughs> okay, so there was a lot that was going on between '97 and 2013. Obviously, um, there's a whole section in their bio about all the things that were going on: school, work, uh, travel developing their sound, a lot going on. But work really seemed to begin on a new album in 2008. And they were writing songs and putting together music for about five years, basically, 2008 to 2012. And managed to get signed on for through a bigger label called Lizard, my favorite King Crimson album. <laughs> and nah, they nah, fi- nah, were able... Nah, 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 nah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, And they were finally able to release uh, their song Sola Andara in uh, December 2013, which means one way. Uh, Doug, tell me, what did you think of Sola Andara? Well, thanks for asking, Steve. Oh, no problem. Uh, Artico more or less picks up from where the last album left off, Mm -hmm. uh, both in terms of strengths and weaknesses. Um, the vocal production still feels a little weak, like one of the weak links, although it is an improvement for sure. Though the song has some really cool moments. Morcato Gard... Oh man, see it? Now I'm trying to pronounce these, but also like trying to read my own writing at the same time. It makes it extra hard. Has a more, it has more folk feel. And so the vocals actually fit a little better in this one, in my opinion. Um, but I actually really appreciate that uh already there's a huge contrast between songs like there that shows that they're really um trying to show that their sound can incorporate lots of different genres and and sounds and so yeah that that to me was already really encouraging because well our uh our artico wasn't you know like again it was i had its ups and downs um it means i didn't know what to expect from this point forward uh, Mayflower, I feel, is where the album hits its stride. Heavy operatic synth uh, leads and a cool guitar. Uh, this one, the guitar chug chug chugs, 
you know, chug, 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 chug. Yeah, yeah, it's something I didn't really hear much of in the last album that it's got some good, like solid, heavy guitar, um, followed by another solid song, which is, uh, oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, Figli del Pic- Piccolo Padre uh, i Mostri di Rostov, I'll say is what it's called. I hopefully I said some of that some of that right hopefully, and at over eight minutes and uh, many many movements, in true Pog spirit of course, um, the yeah it just it just feels like one of the another really solid song. Uh, the guitar howling at the end reminds me of um, Glitter Freeze by Gorillaz actually. Which I oh yeah yeah yeah. So that's, that's I was like I was like I'm like where I remember sitting there going like where did I what does this remind me of and. It took a minute because in my brain, I was kind of going through my Rolodex of like prog acts and it wasn't <laughs> lining up, <laughs> but then it just fit with the gorillas. Um, eventually got, I got there. It takes a calm turn with 5A fin- Finestrino, a great trio of songs. Um, so yes, 5A Finestro takes a really calm turn. Um, I don't know. Yeah. So those three songs in a row were all very, very solid, very good trio. Rihanna Mazon, uh, Rian Imazone. Okay, yes. I I wonder if they're just gonna like be listening to this podcast and just be laughing the whole time as we're trying <laughs> to pronounce so. these words. I hope so. I hope so. That's our goal. That's our goal. I I hope they're laughing and not like face palming. That's that there. So if we can get that. Uh, <laughs> Hey, did you give our disclaimer? Did you give our usual disclaimer? I didn't. I usually say that here at the Music A to Z podcast, we do have trouble pronouncing most words, uh, <laughs> both in and out of the English language. So, oh, is it? It's just is it just malaria? I, I think it's just malaria. Is another solid instrumental rock piece. It's slower and more simple, but just has like a really good riff in it, and I really appreciate that guitar riff. And then um, there's a total tonal shift. Again, don't know what to expect in the very folk-driven Vento delle Isole. Yes, we'll say that. Uh, which isn't like my favorite track, but it's nice. It's a nice wind down. But maybe maybe it should have been the last track. I don't know. Mm. Though, actually, this is one of those cases where I kind of see that there's like, I kind of see the structure of the album as this is the last track. And then there's like an encore track. And just okay. the way that it that it sort of sounds, so it sounds like Vento del Sol kind of like winds down, and then because of the way that this one picks up, it kind of feels like you know like uh, you know curtains go down, curtains go up again, everyone takes their bow, and then they play another song. That's just sort of the vibe I got. Uh, so uh, La Nebbia is the last track, and it has a very slow build, and it ends really big, and it makes for a really decent finale. Yeah. So all overall, I would say it's there's a really nice amount of variation in this album and it I feel like it, it starts off a little bit weak. Um not terrible, but a little weak and then it ends okay, but really the most of the middle meat of the album is really good. Uh there's a whole string of of tracks in a row that I felt like were really really solid. Um and so yeah, they just just I I appreciate that they kind of like you know, just gave gave it a really kind of nice structure that uh, that the the bulk of the album was actually just like all in all pretty good stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, first off, let me say from the get go, I love the direction of this album and um, the overall theme of this album and, and what they were trying to do with this album as a project. First of all, if you're just quickly scanning through and you come across the cover art, you're like, oh, that's a lot of yellow. But take mm-hmm. a good look at it. It's it's actually strangely gorgeous, like strangely gorgeous. Like if you saw this in, in out on the beach, you'd be you'd be awestruck. It's it's a fantastic, fantastic view on a beach with what looks like some foothills and the sun is going down over the foothills and it's just coming off the water. And you have all these beachgoers, but they're in silhouettes. So on the one hand, it looks kind of relaxing, like it's got this sort of beach vibe to it. But on the other hand, there's kind of something a little eerie about it. Uh, so it kind of depends, in a way, on your mood. And then to have like a closing track, La Nebbia, which translates to The Fog, oh. and that being your closing out track. And I don't know if this was intentional at all, but Sola Andada, uh, for us, certainly for us English speakers, we look at that and we 
we see, we kind of, our brain jumps in and sees the word solar in there. You know what I mean? Like you, you look at that title and in English people are like, does this have something to do with the sun? You know what I mean? Um, it doesn't, mm-hmm. but I mean, maybe though, just by the fluke of language that it can be kind of read that way. Uh, I was kind of struck a little bit by just how well unified this album is. It's about, and they say very explicitly, this is about the journey. There are tracks that are named after places beginning on the Arctic, Artico, land of the midnight sun. And then going through with the Mayflower, a famous uh, famous sailing ship. There's a lot of unity to the journey in this in this album. It's fantastic. I will say as well, Mer- Mercado Guardia, I thought was a huge improvement. Figlia del Piccolo Padre, true prog classic. I found Malaria to be a little gimmicky. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know, with the sort of the distorted vocoder voice thing coming in, and uh, uh, just the way that was playing off the music, maybe a little a little too gimmicky for me. But I will agree, Vento del Isol, that's uh, some some of the tr- more traditional music, but with a bit of a twist. Um, and it's uh, the title means Wind of the Islands. And so mm. I actually did also kind of make the note that I think that it, it, this song also would have been a logical end point to the album. But then, you know, closing out on the fog. You know, all in all, this is such an immensely huge leap forward for them. But I mean, what what more could I expect? This was, this was uh, released... What, like 15 years or more afterwards? 16 years? Well, 1997 to 2014, that's more like... Um, uh, to the uh, late 2013, yeah. It's like, like, yeah. They, they made really good use of the time. And I think uh, this is a fantastic, fantastic showcase of, of how much work they've been putting into the music. Is it 2013? Because Spotify says 2014. Uh, December 2013. Okay, yeah. okay. So I guess it's one of those things where it's a little bit like, eh, we're going one way or another. Kind of like how... The next album says 2020 on Spotify, but on Bandcamp says 2021. Yes, uh, so, January 2021 yeah. for the next one. It could be. I feel like there's a little bit of um, lack of clarity as to like when the albums come out really officially, or maybe they just have different dates depending on what platform they came out on. Or, or even like it's an international release, right? So when right, do yeah, certain or regional, services yeah, yeah. yeah get their hands on it? Yeah. Now, would you believe that around this point, there was a super fan named uh, Gerolamo uh, Pedemonte, and he wrote a biography on the band called We Want to Be Pink Floyd. <laughs> I have searched for it on Amazon, and it is not listed on Amazon. Truthfully, not really that surprised. Hmm. As Lord knows, I can only imagine how difficult it would be to <laughs> release that a book about a, a band that doesn't have notoriety in north america maybe it's just like in local markets and stuff like that yeah why not right i will say yeah. criminally criminally kirsch are not mentioned in italy's wikipedia i went i went to the italian wikipedia and they they've got nothing in there uh it's like come on lame come on, guys right lame come on show yeah, some get pride on, get on it. Get italian on wikipedia it. well that brings us basically up to the present day espera Tempora Part 1, released January uh, 2021, translates to Rough Times, which between the cover art of Sola Andante and this being called Rough Times, I cannot help but think of, even though it doesn't sound anything like the Neon Indian uh, era Extraña, uh, Strange Times, and his his art direction... I, I just formed these these connections in my mind be, between the, the directions that these albums uh, kind of go in, you know, and the tones that they're sort of going in, even though they're very different forms of music, you know? But that's mm-hmm. just me. <laughs> I will say that I found this album to be immensely fantastic. It is a 100% very dedicated prog album. Quel Memento has a fantastic opening, like just, you know, hit hit back on your on your player and listen to it again and again and it's the strength of this album i found is that it is a very unified project this is one of those albums where you you play start to finish it is a project in and of itself i played a nancy uh in on the show on prog rock alley and truthfully i almost feel like i did it a disservice because it sounds better in the context of the album I've listened to this album three times now, and each time I'm kind of taken aback by how, like, how good it is. 
I am absolutely going to scoop this album up at some point. I think it's it's fantastic. And I like the promise of a part two. Mm-hmm. That we'll be seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just noticed that on the, uh, the, the Spotify, there's seven tracks. But on the Bandcamp, there are only the six. On YouTube as well, there uh, they have. Uh, there's a YouTube page that has both of these these two albums on it as well. There's an Ormus uh, reprise as track seven. Yeah, and uh, and so I I listened to it on Bandcamp, and now I I just I just looked. I'm like, oh, I missed out on this eight minute long track. That's like a good chunk of the album. So I'll have to listen to it again later. Um, so that's a big. Whoopsie Daisy on me for trusting their Bandcamp page. I'm a I'm a, I'm a fool, Stephen. I'm a fool. Well, I'm disappointed. <laughs> did, did you listen to it with the uh, with the reprise one? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, cool. Well, actually, then I'll, I'll get to that in a bit. Then okay. So uh, rumors is what it starts off with. Uh, it's a big boy. It's a, se- a seventeen, uh, <laughs> almost eighteen minute long track. That's uh, it's big. It's a pretty bold move starting off with a song that is big enough that it's like the centerpiece of an album. Because if you if you if you make it too good, then everything after that is a little disappointing. If you make it too bad, then who's gonna wanna sit through the rest of the album? That's why Echoes is at the end of uh Pink Floyd's metal. Well you know, and that's what actually that's one of the ones I thought about was Echoes was because yeah, that's you know, there's all the stuff at the beginning, but then like once you get to Echoes, like if you're not around for the ride, then you know <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you know, you, just, you know what you're into in for at that point. That being said, this was neither so good that it ruined the rest of the album, nor so bad that I didn't want to listen anymore. So I guess, I guess maybe they found the right, the right balance there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has its ups and downs, I guess, but it does get pretty darn good around uh, about ten minutes in. Yeah, there's so at least like that's the nice part about some certain long songs. They go through different movements, and then if you don't like what you hear right now. Maybe it'll, it'll find its stride a little bit later on, and I thought that was that was the case here. Really, it ramps up in the tension. Eric Gravis has some very interesting digital vocal effects. Uh, works well enough for me. Very good high-energy track, and uh, I just noticed the drum performance was actually pretty solid in it. Uh, very, very good percussion, I found. Um, and a very uh, cinematic finale. Quel Momento. I'm, I feel like I'm saying that right. Um, Quel Momento <laughs> opens... It opens like a Muse song. Did you notice that? Do you feel? Did you feel, get Muse vibes from it? I you know didn't, like, but I no. But, well, and, and that I mean, I that really it's a, like that song. Yeah, I said it has a great opening, but I didn't put piece it together with uh, with Muse. Yeah, it's Muse because it's a completely unprompted piano solo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely unprompted. Um, but there it is. Then it uh, transforms into a very contemplative uh, vortex song, in that um, as they were singing, I don't know, it's, 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 it sounded like people who were like yelling as they were being sucked down a vortex. That's that's, that's just what it, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Hurt is uh, accurately named, um, given that there's all these uh, weird uh, dental drill noises going throughout it. <laughs> But all in all, you know, it works pretty cool. Uh, Anansi starts off very strong, keeps a good pace. Oh, see, again, I'm trying to decode my own handwriting. Uh, very cool production effects, in, especially if you're listening with headphones. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't listen to all the, all the album with headphones on, but then when I was listening to that one, it, I, I did, and it really stuck out. And Oremus is another big one, because, uh, yeah, I guess they want to finish off pretty big as well. Good choice. Gearing up to be the epic finale, but it is a very long, slow burn of a song. About halfway through, though, it does get there. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it's, if people think it's plodding along, it, it, it plods along with purpose in that it, it winds up, uh, I don't know, I feel, I feel it pays off. Cool, bouncy bass section, uh, very dramatic organ sounds. And okay, there's you know how there's a lot of like yelling in it near the like as it gets into it. The the, the yelling just reminded me of in Transformers the movie when some of those guys are being dropped into Unicron's like acid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's exactly what it sounded like to me. Uh, okay, okay, hold on. I'm going to play a bit of that here in the background right now. 
it gets very melodramatic. And now I wish I heard I wish I heard the uh the reprise version because what I was gonna say one of the notes I made about the album overall is it feels a little less complete as an album than some of the other ones, and I wasn't really sure why. Though it does say part one in the title, so I thought maybe it was because this is part one and there's gonna be part two at some point. Yeah, I think you could still you could still make that argument. I feel like yeah, and and so that, that I thought that maybe. That, okay, well, now there's going to be part two, and then it'll all kind of make sense when it's all together. But now knowing that there's still eight minutes left to this album I haven't heard, maybe it would feel more complete um, with that. So uh, I'll have to give it another spin. I'll have to find out. Okay, well, that's that's kind of where we're at right now with Kirsch. So, I mean, we're looking at uh, one release per decade so far. So um, I'm hoping that that is not a trend that will continue to hold true and that we don't have to wait another uh, until the 2030s to hear Aspera Tempora Part 2. Yeah. Or, I mean, I definitely don't want the gap between like, because they, they set out the 2000s entirely. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I hope that doesn't happen. But I think I think given the amount of time, I, I think they're more on a roll now, you know? Absolutely. Let's do some track recommendations. So first from uh, Una Cita per Noe, A City for Us. Uh, Psycho, it is the closing track. As I said, the Genesis vibes I felt were pretty strong in this one. In no small part because I had been actively seeking a Genesis track for my show this current week. And I wanted to play early Genesis. Uh, And so I kind of really dove into Genesis tracks, but trying to find one that I could pull out and use. Uh, and as such, I did hear like a lot of the themes in Psycho that uh, that Genesis kind of monkeyed around with. Again, I don't know if it's really intentional, but honestly, Genesis was was a hell of a trendsetter, and I really felt like, oh, what a button to the album! Like just just fantastic, great way to close that album out. And then from Sola Andada, I'm gonna go with Five A Finestrino. Uh, it is a simple track; it's not very long, but it's just lovely. Um, for those of you who are kind of turned off by really long tracks, by complicated tracks, by you know, vocal structure, and then you're not exactly sure what's going on with it, and you just really want to sit and chill with some music, 5A Finestrino, it's in the middle of the album, it's great. Cannot rave about that one enough. And then finally, um, even though Doug may have tainted this for me, off of Aspera Tempora Part 1, I actually really, really liked Hurt. I thought Hurt, which is about halfway through the album, uh, I thought Hurt uh, was great. I really, really dug it. I thought this is this is part of what makes uh, what makes these guys as good as they are. It really showcases their talents now. Hey, I'm, I, if, you know, if, if you can put dental drills... The sounds in yeah. your song and it still be palatable that's a big win i didn't even think of <laughs> dental drills but now that's all i'm gonna think about you know <laughs> hey and you know honestly like uh you know who else did it uh is that uh that star song the, the one that it just gets really crazy there's a lot of like drilly noises and big saxophone solo and off of uh is that set off yourself, set on, yourself fire. on fire yeah i think i know which one you're talking about yeah okay yeah you know yeah, okay. you know, if you can, and also, and let's not forget, Cavity Search by Weird Al, another great <laughs> Cavity Gentle Search Drill by song. Weird Al. <laughs> yeah, that, so, you know, Weird Al gets uh, passed on a lot of things, though. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those are my yeah, track okay. recommendations. Do you, you got something for me, Doug? Uh, I got something. I got uh, Mayflower mm-hmm. off of uh, Sola Andetta, um, just because uh, it's great. And, you know, um, you know, it's it's uh, something about the got a really high energy right off the bat. Um, the, there's something about the synth that just feels like it's really operatic. I, I, I mean, I kind of say that earlier already, but like, yeah. it just it feels big. It feels like a big deal. And 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 I do remember like hearing that song and feeling like, ah, oh, here's where the album's going. I dig it. I totally dig it. I'll go with uh, Ormus. At least uh, Ormus, not the reprise version because I still haven't heard that. But the the. Uh, off of um, Aspera Tempora, um, just because I do feel like it's it's again it starts off a little bit slow, so it may not be everyone's speed right away, but it really does get there. Like you know, because if you're into prog, you gotta know what it's about. It's not about <laughs> about pop hooks right away. It's about the slow build, the journey, um, and uh, making for an epic finale track. I think that that uh, that song does the job just fine um so yeah you know they it shows that they're taking very good care of the structure of their album and make sure that it's it finished off strong at least 
finished off strong in the Bandcamp edition. <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully, I don't know. Yeah, how do you feel the reprise was in the non-Bandcamp edition? Uh, I mean, like uh, again, I mean it was good. It was it was just it was part of the project as a whole. Uh, I still think that um, in some ways saying, oh, is this going to lead into part two? I think it is, is just as applicable, but I also did feel that the that the album does stand uh, on its own. Cool. Well then, yeah. uh, I'm just going to stick with the two recommendations. I feel good about that. Cool. Okay, well, I'm going to uh, say big thanks to uh, the guys at Kirsch, especially Daniel, for, for reaching out. It's, it's great, yeah. especially these guys are on the other side of the planet, and to be able to to reach out and to hear three albums that under any other set of circumstances I would never have heard. I mean, that's, that's great. And especially, and they're good too. And they're really good, you know? Yeah. So big thanks guys at Kirsch. Um, and, uh, feel free to share this episode. And I'm going to tell everybody out there to share this podcast with all your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Doug, next time, our next episode. Well, uh, Steve, you voiced uh, your preferences. Um, I did. Yeah, so uh, we're going to go full um, Citizen Kane here <laughs> and uh, listen to the the Rosebuds. That's right, the Rosebuds. Um, I have a couple of their albums that I adore. This is a good opportunity for me to touch base with uh, with their whole discography. And uh, they achieved certainly, certainly a hell of a following, but I don't think they ever broke through into mainstream. So, uh, so we're still kind of, still kind of playing it close to a little more independent. And that's cool. You know, that's just how we do on the Music A to Z podcast. So folks, cool. what do you think of Kirsch? What do you think of Papadozio? What do you think of Rosebuds? Hey, why not join the conversation? Check out our website, musicatozpodcast.com. You can read up on our show notes and see what other fun things we stick on our website. If you want to see if we've covered a band that you like already. Hey, this is our fifth run through the alphabet. Take a look. I've gotten broken down by category. Also, check us out on Facebook, Music A to Z Podcast. Join in the conversation with the interesting articles and videos that we like to post up. Uh, I'm thinking of putting that new Todd in the Shadows one-hit Wonderland release. He did, uh, what's her name, Meredith Brooks, her son, her son, Bitch. I just watched that uh, right, right, right while we are eating dinner, right before we recorded, we watched that. Yeah, and I forgot about that song, What Would Happen If We Kissed. I actually, used, I really liked that song, and I haven't thought about it for like 20 years. It's all flooding back now, <laughs> isn't it? It is all coming back now. But uh, apart from that, anything else, Captain? Check out my stuff. Look out, uh, look up uh, Beast Wars Wednesday or Back to Icon on YouTube if you like Transformers-y things. And, lo- you know, if you love, if you love the, the, if you love that Unicron stomach acid reference, <laughs> you're going to love my show. Moving underscore pictures. So, yeah, please check it out. I'll love you forever. All right, then. I am going to close this out by saying Music A to Z podcast is hosted by Stephen and Doug Ferguson and produced by me, Stephen Ferguson. You should check out our other work at stephengcferguson.ca and dougjcferguson.com.